0: if you would turn to me to Proverbs chapter 4 Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 stage looks good don't it we're going to get a big tree and put it over here in the, the side too I claim it in the name of Jesus I don't care where Savannah wants it it's speaking it into existence but it's that time of the year amen Tis the season, Christmas, the holidays, Thanksgiving. And so, to all, you know, universally, nationally, you know, it's a time of Thanksgiving. It's a time of joy. It's a a season of, of, of jolly. It's a season of happiness. It's a season of gladness. And that's what we do. We celebrate corporately together as a family with your family. And we celebrate this season, we celebrate it together during the season there's also an all-time high of depression, an all-time high of suicide, an all-time high of anxiety during this season. And lately I've been studying and I've been studying the tactics of the enemy and I really want to expose the enemy here at Victory Life because I don't want anyone struggling because lack of knowledge and the inability to recognize the enemy in their life. For without knowledge, you know, we will perish. And so I'd like to expose the enemy today and I'd like to instruct you, instruct you with the word of God. And the Bible reads like this. It says, watch over your heart with all diligence with everything you got, all your energy, all your effort, all your focus, everything. You have to pay attention to it. It says to watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it, for from the heart, flow the springs of life. The, the springs of life. Everything. It comes from the heart. Jesus said there was people in his day that tried to clean up the outside and make the outside look good. He rebuked them sternly. He confronted them. He came against them. And he said, why do you try and clean the outside, but the inside is still dirty? You see, your problem lies within the inner man, the inner woman. And when you clean the inside, he said the outside will become clean. And Paul said in Ephesians that we, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not on the outside. We wrestle not uh, physically. Physically. But with print, we wrestle against principalities, evil rulers, demonic spirits, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So this morning, Father, I pray you anoint me to preach your word. And I pray, God, you prepare the hearts of your children here this morning to receive the word. Allow your Holy Spirit to do an operation on our heart today, God. And I pray if anyone is struggling... you allow them to see the enemy in their life and to expose the lies and the deception that the enemy is injecting with them. I pray that your anointing just brings it all clear to us. Allow us to see. Allow us to put everything in perspective as you want us to see it, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name. And all the saints said, come on, give, give God a round of applause. Come on, give him a round of applause. Hallelujah. Never be afraid to worship Jesus. Clap your hands in church. If I can't clap my hands in church. I'm in the wrong church. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. But this morning i like to go over my title is The Depression Lesson. You know, I, I taught temptation. I taught accusation to the, the, the men's home, the ministry. I taught distraction to the church the last time I preached. And I've been studying about the, the, the tools of the enemy the, the things he uses to really try and, you know, get into our minds and, and, and beat us down and, and put, put us in bondage. And today, I would like to zone in on this thing called depression. And so this morning, I'm speaking on the depression lesson. And right now, at the top of your page, what I want you to write down is depression is not God's will for your life. Depression is not God's will for your life. That's the first thing I want you to realize Depression is not God's will for your life. And check this out. I think a lot of times we get it twisted as Christians. Our self-righteousness and our holiness, we try to uh, judge it incorrectly. Depression is not a sign of spiritual weakness. Depression is not a sign of spiritual weakness. Well, but what depression is, is it's a distorted perspective. Depression is not a sign of spiritual weakness. It's a sign of distorted perspective. You're viewing everything wrong you're thinking about everything wrong you're looking at life with the wrong lens you got uh, uh, critical glasses on you're looking at everything with criticalness right you, you got painful glasses on you're looking at life with pain through misery through shame it's not a sign of spiritual weakness but it is a sign of disordered perspective and check this out in the Bible these awesome men of God King David struggled with depression Jeremiah struggled with depression Jonah struggled with depression Noah struggled with depression. Elijah, he called fire down from heaven. He called fire down from heaven. And you think you're cool because you can preach a good word, because you can, you know, lead worship, because you can lead somebody to Jesus. This dude called fire down from heaven. And Elijah still, being just like man, dealt with depression just like we do. Many pastors, lay members, many Christians today deal with depression. And you would think it's crazy to find out how many people in the church deal with depression, struggle with depression. And so depression isn't just a topic that we talk about in Christian counseling, one-on-one, or in group sessions. But I believe depression is something that we need to preach about and to instruct the people so we can expose the enemy in the church and his involvement to try and drag us down. Because there is power in the name of Jesus to overcome depression. But, you know, the enemy causes depression. But before I get into my message, I want to let you know, not all depression is demonic. Not all depression is demonic. You see, depression sometimes can come from physiological issues or physiological reasons. Are you you, you following me? A lot of times for Christians, it comes from deception. But sometimes it comes from physiological reasons. God does heal And God will heal. But sometimes when we have physiological issues that cause us to have depression or anxiety, sometimes God heals through faithfully taking your medication and seeking Christian counsel. And if you don't believe me that some people suffer physiologically and need certain medication for healing... The next time you have a sore throat, don't buy a bottle of sore throat spray. And next time you have a headache, don't pop a Tylenol. And next time you have an upset stomach, don't take no Pepto. Because God can heal, right? Because God can heal. But sometimes people deal with physiological issues. And God provided us doctors, and he gives the doctors wisdom. But my, my problem with it is every time someone goes to the doctor, the doctor does not have any advice for a spiritual problem, so all he knows to do is diagnose anxiety, diagnose depression, when the reality is we just need to get plugged into Jesus. The doctors, the world, they don't have an analysis. They don't have a diagnosis for a spiritual problem. Sometimes, physiologically, they can see something's wrong, and they know they can boom, they know what it is. But sometimes, you know, I, I'm coming from my personal life here. At a young age, they tried to put me on all kinds of medication. They told me I was ADHD, depressed, anxiety, bipolar. I had them all. Just choose one. And they tried to put me on medication, and my mama, being an awesome mama, you know what she said? She said, my son's just special. Very special. But sometimes, but sometimes when somebody deals with physiological issues, right, we begin to bash them in the church. You don't have enough faith in God. You need to pray for healing. You see what I'm saying? When someone has physiological issues, sometimes we bash them. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying every time someone is diagnosed, they need medication. I'm not saying that either. You see, there's a fine line. Just like in Christianity, there's a fine line. There's a fine line, right? You see, some people are on this side and saying, you don't need medication for anything. God can heal everything. And if you take medication, then you're the devil. When you physiologically have a real problem. And God can't heal that. And God may just well heal that. But like I said, sometimes God heals by faithfully taking your medication and coming to seek Jesus. And some people are on this side over here and saying, Meds are the only thing that's going to fix me. Jesus can't help me. Jesus has nothing to do with this. I can't find healing. But you see, we need to be somewhere right here in the middle. And saying that God can heal and God will heal. But some people have physiological problems, and they have to have the medication. And God uses that. And God could heal you, and, and you'd be able to do, just stop taking them, you know, just like that. But sometimes God doesn't heal. And it brings me to a story in the scriptures, when the apostle Paul, he said, "God, I have a thorn in my flesh. There's a thorn in my flesh, Lord. Take it away." And the Bible says he prayed three times for that thorn to be taken away. And God said, I'm not taking it away, Paul, for my grace is sufficient. And when you have a physiological issue, sometimes, do you know what we as Christians need to do? We need to encourage that person to continue to seek Jesus, continue to go all out for God, continue to serve God, even though you're suffering. I think sometimes we get it twisted. We try to bash them criticize them and come against them right God can heal and he will heal in depression if it's if it stems from physiological issues you're not a weaker Christian and you're not believing God for healing but it's an opportunity for you to persevere and allow his grace to be sufficient you're suffering, right? Some of us have the gift of suffering as we suffer for the fervorment of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so what I'm saying is not everyone who experiences depression, anxiety, these disorders, they don't need a diagnosis. Sometimes all they need is to renew their mind. Some, you know, Most of the time you don't need medication. You don't need a diagnosis. You don't need that stuff. You need to renew your mind. And so I'm telling you that if you're a Christian today and you may be suffering from depression, right? The depression may be rooted in deception from the enemy. Nine out of ten times in the church, if you're depressed, it's because you started believing the lie somewhere. You started believing the lie. Nine times out of ten in the church, if you're depressed, it's because you started believing the lie. Listen, Jesus himself, he suffered heartache but he never gave over to depression. Jesus, he went through more than anyone, and he never gave over to depression. And I'm not trying to shame anyone, and I'm not trying to deny the spiritual life of anyone, but I am trying to expose the enemy. Depression is evil, it's tiring, and it's superbly negative. You see, depression tries to pull you into an isolated state of sorrow apathy, and quiet anger. And if we continue to believe the lies and agree with what the enemy says in our mind, they will bury deeper and deeper into our being and begin to transform us. Begin to transform us. We start believing the lies of the enemy and what what the enemy says in our mind about us more than we believe the word of God and what he says about us. This type of depression that I'm speaking about this morning is always rooted in deception. It's always rooted in deception. So number one, my first point, what we need to do is we need to develop a proper perspective. We need to develop a proper perspective. Proverbs 23, 7. We need to develop a proper perspective. Proverbs 23, 7. And the word of God reads. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. And this first part right here, this writer of the, this proverb, he says, for as a man thinks within himself, so is he. So is he. So how you think determines how you, you feel about yourself. How you think is how you view life. How you think Tells you what direction you're going in. Depression is rooted in deception. But the transformation comes from renewing the mind. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said to us? Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How do we become transformed? By the renewing of our mind. And do you know what's going to renew your mind, ladies and gentlemen? It's the word of God. The Word of God is gonna renew your mind. It's gonna change the way you view life. It's gonna change the way you talk. It's gonna change the way you act. It's gonna change the way you view other people. It's gonna change the way you deal with situations. It's gonna change with what you do with your time and your money. Why? Because it changes the way you think. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you think. And the enemy knows the Word of God will renew your mind, so he tries to refocus you elsewhere. A long time ago, we was in Greenville. You know, our ministry was in Greenville before this, and I remember we were in the fellowship hall. And we were all studying. You know, I gave the guys a personal study opportunity, and they were all in the Bibles. They were studying, and I remember I had this one man named Chris Burientos, and he was, he was sitting there, and he was studying the Word. He was reading the Word, and Pastor and Mom were in a meeting, and they were like, Hey, Zechariah, can you watch your sissy? And I'm like, Yeah, I watch sissy. And so I'm babysitting Sissy while I'm, you know, uh, with the guys Bible studying. And Sissy, she just, she just came from somewhere, and she loves to play those games with the metal hook, right? She'll spend all your money. I'm telling you all of it until she gets one. I never seen money go so fast, so I hung out with Sissy around one of them games. And she plays those games, and she got one of those hammers, right? You know, the toy hammers, little, you know, toy hammers. And she had this toy hammer, and she was running around hitting this hammer everywhere. And then she run up to Chris Berentos, and Chris was studying the word. And she looks, and she looks at me, and she looks at him, and she looks at me, and she raises the hammer, and she hits him on the head with it. And he's like, hey, stop it. And she's like, ha, 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 ha." and I didn't say nothing, so she she saw, and I didn't say nothing, so she hit him again, right? She hit him again, and then she'd run around the table, and you know, Chris, he was the type of guy, he's not going to get up, he's not going to say anything. He's just going to try and ignore it and keep studying and act focused. And she would run around the table, and she'd hit him again she ran run around the table and she'd hit him again. And she run around the table and she'd pop him again in the head and pop him again in the head Till finally he just blows up. Rah! And he gets up and he's like, I can't study. I can't do any of this. I can't focus on the word. And he's coming, to, well, you know what, me, and, of course, I'm protecting sissy. I'm like, well, maybe God's trying to teach you how to focus on his word when the enemy's banging your mind. And he said, yeah, you always got something smart to say. Well, that's the same. That's what the enemy does. The enemy knows if you focus on the word and you feed on the word and you read the word, you will be transformed. There ain't no ifs, ands or buts, candy and nuts. You will transform. Yes. You will transform. It'll transform the way you think. And so what the enemy does is he pounds your mind. He pounds your mind. He gets you to think about everything you don't have, what you're not doing, all the things you messed up, all the, uh, who you're not uh, seeing, all the times you burnt people. He gets you to think about all this crazy stuff because he knows if you just ignore it and begin to focus on the Word, there is going to be a transformation that will happen in your life. And the enemy knows that. So he wants to stop you from focusing on the Word of God. He wants to stop you from focusing on the Word of God. The Word of God is going to transform the way you think. And I'm going to tell you right now, nothing will be different in your life until you think differently. (laughs) Nothing will be different until you think differently, until you think differently. When I got saved, I remember I got out of jail. I just got saved and my mom picked me up and I I, I just got saved. And I I was explaining something that happened to my mom and I cussed and then I felt bad for cussing. And I'm like, why do I feel bad? Because I just got saved and I started to think about cussing in a different way. And because I started to think about it in a different way, in a different light, it changed what I did about it. I no longer wanted to do it because I thought about it differently. I thought about it differently. If we can just change the way we think, we can change our life. We can change the world. We can do awesome things for the kingdom of God, but we gotta change the way we think. But the enemy knows that. So I'm trying to expose the enemy. Check this out. How you think... Determines your direction your direction determines your lifestyle your lifestyle determines your quality of life So guess what ladies and gentlemen how you think determines the quality of your life How you think determines the quality of your life if you're loving life and everything is great And you just can't get enough. It's because you're thinking right But if you're thinking negative and you just can't think about anything good and it's all bad, and guess what? The quality of your life is not going to be good. How you think determines the quality of your life. Come on now. I'm preaching. Amen? How you think determines the quality of your life. Paul said, hey, I've had a lot. I've had so much. I've been successful. Had it all. And I've also had nothing, homeless, begging. And you know what Paul said? He said, but I learned to be content. Why? He learned to control his thinking. He learned to control his thinking. It don't matter what's going on in your life. It don't matter who you used to be, what you used to do. It don't matter where you're at now, what you've lost, what bridges you've burnt. Guess what? If you can control the way you think, you can control the quality of your life. So i like to show a picture this morning. give a good illustration. You see this picture right here flooded the internet a year ago or a year and a half ago. And it's a really conflicting picture. And so right now, just, you know, without trying to disturb the service, raise your hand if you see white and gold. You guys are weird. Y'all see see white and gold, don't y'all? For real. Raise your hand if you see blue and black. You guys are right. You other guys are weird. But check this out. It's crazy, right? You that see white and gold, you 100% believe what you see, don't you? You couldn't tell you otherwise. That's white and gold to you. That's white and gold to you, ain't it? That's white and gold, right? Couldn't tell you no differently. 100% believing on it. Stand on it. Live your life by it. Walk by it. Act by it. That's white and gold to you. So check this out. The dress, I'm sorry to say it, for the weirdos, right? The dress, the reality is it's really blue and black. It's really blue and black. So this is what's going on. It's called color constancy. It's called color constancy. And this is the ability for the color to remain constant despite the changes in illumination. The context, the surrounding, which an object that we're looking at appears influences our perception what we think surrounding you see some of us our brains are telling us that there's a window right by and sunlight's hitting it your brain your brain sees the background and your brain tells you it's by a window and sunlight's hitting it right and if it's by a window and sunlight's hitting it you will envision blue and black but if your brain tells you that the surroundings is artificial lighting like these can lights, right? Your brain will tell you it's white and gold. Your brain will tell you it's white and gold. And the reason I showed this this morning is because sometimes in life, things we evaluate and things we look at, what we think it is is determined by the light we look at it in. You see, if we come to a new church or a new ministry and we shine disappointment on the new church or the new ministry from our old church, our old ministry, sometimes our view gets distorted and we begin to criticize and question. You see, sometimes when we're in a new relationship and we shine the pain and the heartbreak from our last one, sometimes we have a hard time moving forward in this one. Because our brain looks at the surroundings the light we're shining on in our brain tells you, oh, it's the same stuff. It's going to happen again. The same pain, the same heartache you experienced before. It's coming. Why? Because of the light you're shining on it. The way you view it. The way you evaluate it. A new friendship. Sometimes we shine insecurity on our new friendship that came from the last one. Right? In a move of God, sometimes the light and we shine on it, we begin to criticize the move of God. We begin to criticize the move of God and we don't believe God's really doing what He's doing. A trial or a troubling situation in your life, sometimes we shine doubt on it. And even though God is trying to prepare us and develop us using this situation, we shine doubt on it. And so all we see is a negative situation. But what? It's the way we think. It's the way we think. It's the way we think. And write this down. We need to focus on the facts, not the feelings. We need to focus on the facts, not the feelings. It is very foolish to make decisions based on feelings. Most of the trouble we get in, it's because we make decisions based on feelings. Right? We get angry, and we do something within our anger that we normally wouldn't do and after we've made that decision we were angry our anger goes away and we're stuck with the choice we just made in life the feeling goes away the anger goes away but we're stuck with the decision we just made huh we need to focus on the facts and not the feelings and some of us are even too depressed to believe what we really know to be true. Some of us get too depressed to even really believe what we know to be true. The enemy just buries that depression down in us to, to even believe what's really true about God. So number one, we have to develop a proper perspective. Number two, number two, you must interrogate your thoughts. You must Interrogate your thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting in verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting in verse 3. You must interrogate your thoughts. And the word of God reads. It says, for though we walk in the flesh. Where it is again. We do not war according to the flesh. Keep going all the way to five for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. And so if you're still trying to handle situations in the flesh, that's the wrong way to do it as a Christian. But our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, fortresses or the destruction of strongholds. You see, we are destroying. Somebody say destroying. We are destroying speculations And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And check this out right here. We are taking, somebody say every. Every. Come on, say every. Every. Come on, say every. Every. So not just some. No, every. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Like I said before, nothing will be different until we think different. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But what you have to understand is we're talking war here. Christianity ain't a playground. This is a battlefield. And there is an enemy that wants to drag your soul to hell. His name is Satan. We're in a spiritual war. When you enlist and you receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior and you get saved, you just enlisted yourself into war. We're talking war here. And the battlefield, I know you've heard it before, the battlefield's in the mind. And so imagine if you were in a war, a physical war, and you had a, a, an army camp. And in this army camp, y'all were preparing for an attack. And then the, these foreign people started coming into your army camp. And you didn't talk to them. You didn't find out who they worked for. You didn't find out where they came from. You just let them chill in the camp. And then the day goes by and they got some more foreigners in your camp. And a few days go by and you got some more foreigners in your camp. And you're just letting them hang out. You're just letting them kick it, chillax. In the army camp, you're getting ready for war, and you got all these foreigners, you don't know who they are, and then one day, they just go up and build a stronghold in your camp and take the camp over. And you never knew that they were working for the enemy. You never knew that. Why? Because you didn't take time to take them captive and interrogate them. You see, the mind's the battlefield, and if you let every thought run free through your brain... Soon enough, you're going to have a stronghold in your life. You're going to have a stronghold in your life. A stronghold of depression. A stronghold of doubt. A stronghold of unbelief. A stronghold of perversion. Why? Because you let every thought that come in your mind just freely roam. You didn't take it captive, and you didn't interrogate it. You know, I think it's funny that it only took one terrorist attack on the U.S. You ever been to the airport lately? The security there? It's crazy, and for some reason, every time I go through the things, it beeps, and they, they take me to the side. Come over here, sir, and they just strip everything off me, and I got to stand like this, and they're looking. The security's crazy there. They locked it down. So how many, how many attacks on your life or times of depression on your life is it going to take for you to lock down the security in your mind? Do you let every thought just roam freely? Do you let just every thought roam freely? You don't take it captive. You don't interrogate it. Sooner or later, you're going to have a little depression in your life. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have a stronghold. You're going to have that stinking thinking that we talk about, right? Think about it. We monitor who our kids hang around. Some of us pay attention to what we watch. Some of us pay attention to what we listen to. And a very few of us actually watch what we eat. (laughs) But for some reason, none of us monitor what we think about. None of us monitor what we think about. None of us pay attention to what we think about. And we wonder why we're depressed. Yet we don't take every thought captive in our mind. And find out who it works for and where it came from. You see, sometimes the solution is real easy. Go to Philippians four eight. The solution is real easy. And the Word of God reads, it says, "Finally, brethren, whatever is true, number one, whatever is true. Number two, whatever is honorable. Number three, whatever is right. Number four, whatever is pure. Number five, whatever is lovely. Number six, whatever is good repute." And number seven, anything deserving praise, dwell, focus, and think on these things. So put that up. So check this out. If a thought comes in your mind, you just need to run it through this sifter, the Philippians 4.8 sifter. Is it true? Well, yeah, Zechariah, he's annoying. It's true, right? Is it noble? Well, yeah, I think it's pretty noble. Is it right? I think it's right. Is it pure? Well, it may not be pure, that thought. And so, boom, don't focus on that. Don't dwell on that. Take your thoughts through the Philippians 4 8 sifter. If you are depressed, right? Or or if you're struggling right now, or if you got a bad outlook on life, or if you got doubt or unbelief, do you know what you need to do? You need to take every thought that's circulating in your brain and run it through this sifter. And if it don't pass this test, it's not from God and you don't need to focus on it. And if you do focus on it, don't come to me for counsel because the word of God just told you what to do. The word of God just told you what to do. If you're depressed and you're focusing on all the negativity, that's your fault your fault if you can't believe God for nothing and you believe every lie that comes in your mind that he's never gonna do nothing you're never gonna be nothing you're never gonna have nothing why are you asking me to help you I can pray for you all day long I can preach to you all day long I can teach you awesome mysteries of the Bible but guess what you need to think differently you control what you think about I know the devil told some of y'all that you don't but you do you control what you think about You control what you think about. And so guess what? When the enemy comes in and says, Zachariah, you're never going to be nothing. Guess what I do? I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That's not from God. I don't dwell on it. I don't dwell on it. That's not from God. That's not from God. I don't dwell on it. It's never going to work out for you. No, that's not from God. I don't dwell on it. I don't dwell on it. That, That leader's a hater. That's not from God, right? I don't dwell on it. Because what happens is Satan tries, he tries to, to form our perspective by speaking lies in here and hearing, getting, getting us to focus on it. You can show what you focus on. Run it through the Philippians 4-8 sifter. Those thoughts that come in your mind, sift them through it. And you can tell if it's from, from God or not. If it's not from God, don't focus on it. Don't focus on it. Some of us complain about the quality of our life, but we refuse to pay attention to what we think about. We refuse to pay attention to what we think about. You don't you don't need an awesome prophet from Israel to come lay hands on you. All you need to do is change the way you think. That's all you gotta do. Change what you think about. But see, the problem lies in this. We don't read our word, we don't pray, we don't worship, we watch secular television, listen to secular music. Uh, read secular magazines, so we feed our spirit with all this worldly stuff, and we don't feed our spirit with, with anything that we're supposed to, and then we expect us to have a good outlook on life. How are you going to have a good outlook on life if you don't read the Word of God, Amen. if you don't pray, if you don't really worship, and all you're feeding your spirit and soul with all day long is worldly and secular stuff? How do you expect the quality of your life to change? You cannot stop. You cannot start thinking differently until you start feeding yourself differently. It says you you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that comes from what Jesus said. You're cleansed through the words which I've spoken unto you, the word of God. it It cleanses your mind. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you view life. It changes the way you handle situations. Right here, the word of God. Amen. You see, some of us, we make it so complicated. Our problems are complicated. No, it's not. Just start thinking differently. Stop focusing on that negativity. Amen. If you feel like you just can't fix a relationship with so-and-so, well, stop focusing all that, that uh, hate and that negativity about so-and-so. Amen. Start thinking godly things about so-and-so. And sometimes the only way to start thinking godly things about so-and-so is to start praying for so-and-so. Didn't Jesus tell us to pray for our enemies? We pray, pray, pray. Even, you know, I pray that God heals him right now, Jesus. (laughs) I pray, oh, God's going to bless you. Begin to pray. Force it. Hey, I'm serious. I've been there. I've had hatred towards a brother before, and you know what I did? I said, God, I pray you bless him and help him with his problems. And God, just pour out your spirit on him, Lord. Bring blessings in his life. Just bring them, God. And eventually, what I was thinking about that person started to change. It started to change. It started to change. We have to change the way we think. Amen? We got to change the way we think. It's not complicated. Just change what you think about. Number three. Number three. Ask yourself yourself. Do you really want to be depressed? Ask yourself, do you really want to focus on negativity? I mean, some of us are stubborn. We've been a Christian for 20 years, and we're we're depressed Christian. We just want to stay in it. We know how to get out. We know how to quit thinking like that. We know how to obtain joy. But, like, we just want to prove to God, prove him a point, right? Get a little prideful. We want to prove a point to God. I'm not joyful. I was like, yeah, you haven't talked to me in a decade. You know? But ask yourself, do you really want to be depressed? 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're talking about a man of God that did awesome, mighty things. 1 Kings 19, we're talking about Elijah. 1 Kings 19 and verse 1, and the word of God reads... It says, now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so that the gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And right here in verse 3, it says, the man of God who just called fire down from heaven was afraid. He was afraid and he ran for his life and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. In verse 4. This is what it says about the man, verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and he sat down under a juniper tree. This is the man of God here. Been serving God for years. This is the man of God. And he requested for himself that he might die. Elijah said, please just let me die. Life's not worth living. I don't want to do this anymore, God. Please, it's enough. Take my life, Lord. I'm not better than my father's. This man of God, you know the chapter before that? This man called fire down from heaven. He called fire down from heaven. But check this out. Sometimes success in life breeds pride. And that pride ultimately leads to depression. Success breeds pride. And this pride breeds depression. Because then the Bible say God opposes the proud? And so if you're coming against God, you're going to be depressed. And what it does is it causes us to drift away from God and we begin to try and soak up all the glory in our life. We're the ones that made it happen. We did this. We did that. God ain't no nowhere in that. You're giving all the glory to yourself for your success when the reality is every good gift comes from up above. All your success that you had in your life, because God allowed it. Every every good thing you have, because God has given it. Every great experience, because God God put you there. In pride, right, it breeds depression. It breeds depression. And right here in this scripture, you see Elijah at the brook of Cherith when the birds, these crows were coming down and bringing him bologna sandwiches. They were coming down and feeding him. He was believing God at the brook of Cherith, at the widow's house when she wanted to die, right? He was believing God at the widow's house. He was focused on God at the widow's house. During the confrontation of the 450 false prophets, he was focused on God and God's power, but when Jezebel sent a messenger, he began to focus on the problem. He began to focus on the problem. In turn, when we take our focus off God and onto ourselves, it distorts our outlook on life. Worship team, you can come up. When we take our focus off God and we put it onto ourselves, it distorts our outlook on life. And what happens is just like Elijah We begin to run from our problems, not to them, with the power of God. We begin to run from our problems, not to them, with the power of God. Can I tell you something this morning? This life is too big a task without God. This life is too big a task without God. It's too big a task without God. And sometimes we want the easy way out. Instead of confronting the problem and manning up and taking the problem head on with the power of God, we want a shortcut or we want a way out. We want to keep running from our problems. Well, let today be the day that you man up and face your problems. We need to confront them. You see, Jesus told us that he will take the weight from us. He will take the depression. He will take the anxiety. He will take the hurt. He will take the heartache. He'll take take it all. And if you're trying to hang on to it, the weight is going to be too much for you. You're going to think negatively. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have worry. Because the weight is too much for you to hold on to. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God has not called you into depression, Christian. God has not called you into depression. John sixteen thirty three. John 16:33 And the Word of God reads. And this is what Jesus said. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. And Jesus said in the world You have tribulation. You will have problems. You will have situations that are too much for you. But Jesus said, But take courage, for I have overcome the world. For I have overcome the world. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. having a hard time lately. You can't seem to think differently. You can't grab a hold of your focus. Everything looks dim. You got no hope. You don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. This morning, God has a solution. God has a solution. You see, when the enemy comes and he lies to us and he says, you're all alone, God says he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. When the enemy comes in and speaks, he says, You'll never be anything and you'll never do anything. God says in his word, He has plans to prosper you. You hear in your mind, You messed it up real bad this time. There's no, there's no redemption. It's all over. God says, All things, son, work out for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. In your mind, you hear you'll never have what you want, but God says he will give you the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in his presence. You hear in your mind you'll never be on the right path, but God says a man's heart plans his way, but God directs his steps. You say you hear in your mind you could never be of use to God, and God says, don't worry, child. You didn't choose me. I chose you. You hear in your mind, you'll always be stuck. You'll always be in bondage. You'll always be like this. God says, son, I have called you to freedom and those who in Christ are indeed free. You hear, you'll never get back what you lost. And God says, quit listening to the enemy. I will restore the years that the enemy has stolen. You hear, God will never listen to me. He won't listen to me. And the word says that God hears the cry of his children your mind, the enemy says you'll never change, but God promises he will put a new heart within you. In your mind, the enemy comes to you. It's too much to handle. It's overwhelming. You can't do this. God says he will never give you more than you can handle. But the emotional problems are too much. The worry, the depression, the anxiety. God says my yoke is easy and my burden is so light. Cast your cares upon I'll never have peace. I'll never have happiness. That's what runs through your mind. But God says He will produce the fruit of the Spirit within your heart and within your life. And the one that's really, really, really contrary is the enemy comes in and says God won't forgive you. And then God says, "Child, don't worry about that. I sent my Son Jesus Christ." to die on the cross so redemption may be found in his blood and so this morning redemption is still in his blood the same as it was 2,000 years ago the same as it was 2,000 years ago so if you're struggling this altar is open you can come hit your knees pray to God God is the same today tomorrow and forever God can heal God can deliver the way you think. Bring your worry, grief and pain, and every cause you have a shame, and lay it all down, lay it all down. When your cares have buried